Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 21 of the Yardback Sports Podcast. Today, we have plenty of things to discuss in the backyard briefing, as usual. We'll be talking some NBA basketball, and we finish with our first rendition of the Yardback Top 10. So, thank you all so much for listening, and let's go. What's up, boys? Nice stash, Connor. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Is that, a, is that an effect, or did you just go to the barber today? It, it's an effect. I was trying to throw on Yardback Sports logo as a background, but I don't know how to get to that. So I just came across his mustache instead. I like, I like it. Was it like Charlie Chap, Chap Chaplin? What is it? The, is it also, oh, I got the player hat on. For those watching YouTube, this is uh, <laughs> a little Easter egg for the final segment. Wink, wink. Oh, oh wow. Dropping some hints. Okay. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of uh, pirates, as we saw there, they're known to drink a lot. And so are we. So we're going to the Bev cart first. Sean, what are you sipping on this week? Um, I'm actually sipping on the Cavs shutting down Andre Drummond um, and not playing. And usually, I mean, Nolan, we were talking before. What was Andre's um, uh, Draymond Green's comments? Uh, Draymond was just saying that uh, he he does he doesn't like the fact that teams can kind of just shut down players whenever they want to trade them. Um, but if a player were to uh, request a trade or demand a trade then his name gets dragged through the mud and everyone thinks he's like a quitter of the team, but the team can just so quickly be like, Nope, we're going to trade you. So you're going to sit down and not play this last week. So that's kind of what Draymond yeah, was saying. And I, I get everything he was saying. And I think it's very valid. I'm sipping on the Andre Drummond thing because he's not a part of the Cavs future. I honestly, I would like a return for him, but I don't really care. What we get, we already have our future center. We already have our future guards, so I'm excited to see what the Cavs look like without him on the floor because he isn't a part of the future, um, and we get to see that now. And, yeah. you know, if he gets hurt, you know, you can, you're not going to get anything for him. Yeah, that's true. So and, I'm sipping on that. I like the move. Yeah. They're doing the same thing with Blake Griffin too, but um, more specifically Andre Drummond because that's what our future looks like yeah. was without him. And like I'm definitely with Draymond with the whole player empowerment movement. For I sure, love that. for sure. But I, I do feel like if a player and a team comes to an agreement, like, hey, we're going to trade you, and they're like, yeah, I, you know, it's probably best for both of us, then, you know, yeah, you sit him, you I mean, sit him. But I, I'm, it, I'm with Draymond in pretty much every other case. Yeah, I mean, if, if Andre Drummond agreed to it and didn't have a problem with it, I mean, it's a win-win for both, you know, yeah, exactly. both parties. Because the last thing I'm sure he wants to do is go out there and two nights before a potential trade to, like, Toronto, he, you know, an ACL goes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the last thing he wants. Yeah, for sure. Also, I forgot to do the beer crack before that one, so. You Connor, have one job. You have one job. Connor, what's your, uh, what are you sipping on this week? <laughs> uh, well, I am actually sipping on me saving rivers. <laughs> oh, the Curacao. I had those last week. Yeah, trying them out. I mean, they're, they're pretty solid. Um, they fit right into the seltzer, or people may, yeah, seltzer market. Um, you know, nice, bubbly. Yeah. The alcohol percentage is a, a bit lower than I'd hope. It's only 4.5. I'd like uh-huh. to get above that 4.7 rank if I'm drinking a seltzer. But that's uh, <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, so, big thing I'm sipping on is this weekend, 
first weekend without football, as we all know. Uh, it was Sunday, just chilling, scrolling through my Hulu, and I saw PGA Tour was on. So I watched some AT&T Pro-Am at Pebble Beach. Nice, relaxing Sunday with Valentine's Day. Um, you know, I did some things in the morning, but got to watch some golf in the afternoon. But what I'm really sipping on is Daniel Berger on the 18th hole, draining a 31-foot putt for Eagle to win the tournament. Wow. Yeah, oh that's right. Like, think Clutch. about how sick it is. You're down yeah. one stroke or, or whatever it may be, and you need an Eagle to win. Dude takes the lead, <laughs> minus eight. He, the second place was minus 16. Uh, but, I mean, dude, to hit an eagle on the 18th hole to solidify your first place finish, that's freaking sick. Yeah, that's like a golfer's up. dream. That's a, that's a game seven at the buzzer, three-pointer. That's a walk-off home yeah. run. To hit an eagle on 18, just imagine stepping up to that tee box thinking, okay, the best-case scenario, I birdie, trying to go for par, keep my tie. All of a sudden, you rip off an eagle on the 18th green from 31 oh, yeah. feet. That's crazy. I'm sipping on that. I'm sure he's sipping on that still. Uh, I'm sure, sure everybody that watched that is sipping now on that. Yeah. So, I, that's that's my Bev cart this week. Absolutely loved it. Uh, I, I will say, uh, what you just described right there, I feel like was the most, like, husband dude thing in the world. So, yeah, I hung out with the wife for Valentine's Day. We, you know, we did our thing. I watched him golf after. <laughs> like, that is just the most, like, married man thing I think I've ever heard of. It sounds like a phenomenal day, if I'm being honest. <laughs> like, I mean, it was, it was nice. You know, we had, uh, had our, a Valentine's Day breakfast. We, 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 uh, we stayed in, whipped up some dope thing in our cookbook, had some, like, sweet potato toast, eggs benedict, avocados. I made some ghetto oh, ham in the – Made some ghetto ham and bacon in the the air fryer. Looks yeah, cool. it was a it was a good morning. Like I said, just followed it up with some golf on the TV. Went out to the rest of the fam's house for some dinner. So yeah, good good Valentine's Day and and Daniel Berger. Congrats to him. Nice dude. I'm glad. All right. Well, speak, speaking of golf, my Bev card kind of along the same lines. So uh, Adam Sandler um, put out a video today, actually doing the Happy Gilmore swing. So initially, I'm just sipping on that because that's awesome. Happy yeah. Gilmore Swing is in everyone's uh, uh, repertoire that plays golf. You've got to do it at least once in your life, yes. real yes. or not. Um, I'm also sipping on the fact that he crushed the ball. I don't know if you guys yeah. saw the video. Oh, my God. It sounded it, so good. Yeah. So yeah, It sounded a, like 280 to 300 down the fairway. Yeah, he hit yeah. a rocket with the, with the Happy Gilmore. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, why would you know? I, I, I usually I sit around like three, 280 to 300. If I really want to put a charge in it, Probably like 325. Um, and just you guys know, it is confirmed. Jack Williams did let us know that I did hit the ball over 325 yards, possibly 350. Okay. Um, back in a couple segments ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah, about, I mean, we, we talked yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did verify yeah, to the booth. Too. Yep, this is true. He did verify it. You just say so many assertions about like your athletic life that like they kind of get crossed sometimes, you know? I know. You guys get confused with me and LeBron and me and Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Line. Yeah, something like that. I do have one more Bev cart though. I can't. I I came uh, prepared like Connor this week. Um, I just started The Sopranos, which is one known to be one of the greatest like shows ever. Um, so I started that. I uh, watched Goodfellas the other night. So I'm on a big mafia kick right now. So I mean, four episodes in, it's going pretty well so far. It's a lot of fun. Uh, very intriguing. So I'm sipping on The Sopranos this week. You know, it's one show, one series I have not seen. I have not seen The Sopranos. I will watch it after you've given it. How many episodes are you in? I'm only I'm four in right now. 
So let me see. Give me a review in like two episodes from now. Got and you. If it's worth it, which I'll, everybody I'll finish the first season. It. I'll finish the first season. I got you. All right, and then I'll probably hop on and watch All it. All right, but yeah, it's great so far, dude. It's awesome. It's really cool. I'll I'll, I'll save my review for later. But what are you watching? Okay. Uh, HBO. HBO. Okay. Yep. HBO. Yep. Damn, how you get HBO, bro? Don't worry about it. Oh, okay, this guy. I got the connects. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, let me know then. <laughs> All, right. All right, Sean. What you throwing in the bonfire this week? All right. So I love the NFL offseason. Oh, it's amazing. I love it. Yeah. So I, I love it. But I love pro days, which, you know, shout out, shout out to myself because I am actually having my own pro day um, film. I'm filming my pro day tomorrow and I'm going to put it on our wow. YouTube channel. Um, but I'm throwing in the bonfire the reaction and the hype people have. Did you see that Trevor Lawrence where he threw an absolute dot? Like six, six, it six, felt 60 like yards, 60 yeah. yards. Yeah, my reaction was, my reaction though was everybody was like cheering and like happy. Like that's the number one pick. What did you think was yeah, going to happen? Not true. Like all of them, like when Justin Fields, when all these guys, Andrew Luck, when they, they would throw dots at their, their pro days, like, People go nuts. Like, <laughs> of, of course. Like, what do you expect? You That's know? true. I, f- I feel like if you have a bad pro day, if you're a quarterback prospect, that Man, I mean, that, that's <laughs> something. That's, that's but bad, like, you should have a good pro day because you're not. You don't got a defense you, bearing you down. Like, if you, there's if there's no line, if there's no D line rushing at you, and Trevor Lawrence, you know, in a dome, drops back, no one's pressuring him, no one's covering the receiver you expect him to let it rip and to connect with the hands. Like, what do you expect? So it's not that the pro day, I think they're good. It's the reaction of like people cheering like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like what did you think was going to happen? Yeah. That what are you guys, happen. what are your thoughts on ESPN covering it live on ESPN two or it's like ACC network. Like I, th- I, I thought that was honestly now ESPN is comical. I'm, and I talk about them a lot cause I watch them a lot. Cause there's no yard back sports network yet. Yeah, what so the hell? I have no choice but to watch ESPN. But I thought that was funny. I will say, though, Trevor Lawrence had one throw that I thought was spectacular. The comeback oh, yeah. route on the right side of the field. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw that one specifically. Yeah. But that one was a bullet. It was yeah. an absolute bullet. I, he, I mean, they've said he's the, the, the best prospect at quarterback since Andrew Luck and John Elway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he showed that in his pro day. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel it, like. Oh, sorry, you got it. No, I was just gonna say, like, and again, like, the, like pro days are they're good. Um, so I'm not arguing about or throwing the the, the pro day in the bonfire. Just the reaction, yeah. it just cracks me up. No, I'm just going off of that, like, pro days are great for teams and for organizations to go there and like look at you know mechanics and and other things like that. Like as an average fan, like. What do you, I don't know. What do you expect? <laughs> like, yeah. Of course they're going to throw dots. Like unless you're, unless you're like looking at specific things, unless you're like an advanced fan that like knows the ins and outs of football super well. Um, it's just kind of like, yeah, he threw a dot 60 yards. I, I thought he <laughs> did do that in college for three years. Yeah. No, but I'm with, I'm with you on that. God, what are you throwing in the bonfire? So I was at target the other weekend. Love target with my beautiful wife. And we're just shopping. I don't even know why we were shopping, but we were just shopping for things at Target. That's one of her favorite hobbies. Um, Target's fun. And she's like, let's go check out the lamps. And I was like, no, we don't need a lamp. And she's like, yeah, we might need a lamp. And so another couple overheard us talking about whether or not we need a lamp. And I'm like, Maddie, we don't need a lamp. 
And so this guy comes up. I'm wearing a Browns hat. Guy oh, yeah. comes up, approaches me, and goes, I can, okay, so first of all, I could see this guy out of the corner of my eye. Because for those of you who don't know, in, in terms of top, top of the line athlete, I'm, I'm on that pedestal. And then top of the line spy recruit, I'm also on top of that pedestal. So every time we're out in public, I know, like, I have a UAV on at all times. I know where everybody's at. I, I, like, you, can't, you can't run up on me in a store ever. You will get clocked, clean, clean clocked. It doesn't matter. And he comes up to me and he mentions my Browns hat and he goes, oh, yeah, like, I heard you guys are, like, having a, you had, like, a really good year. And I was like, yeah, you know, it was, like, great for being a Cleveland fan, blah, blah, blah. He's, I'm like, oh, like, do you follow the Browns? He goes, no, no, I, I follow the Packers, kind of. Or I stopped following them a couple of years ago. I'm like, well, why are you talking to me about football and the Browns and Target, bro? Like, get out of here. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, not out of nowhere, but he, like, continues the conversation and – he like calls his wife over. These people weren't shopping in the lamp section. They were just walking by and decided to like come talk to us. Starts talking to me, like tries to make a connection. He drops like this weird hint that he is, he's met these really cool people in Dublin, which is where I live. And was like, Oh yeah. You know, like I'm doing like this business thing. I used to do construction. Now I got like this business on the side. I'm like, okay. Everybody has a business nowadays. Like I do a podcast. It's sick. Like you have a business, bro. <laughs> And he's like, yo, can we exchange numbers? I was like, sure, dude, like, let's exchange numbers. So we exchange numbers, and, like, this whole time I'm sniffing them out. I'm like, this dude's going to try and hit me up for a pyramid scheme and be like, oh, I know these people that can, like, help you get rich. And let me know, like, I'm at Target dressed, like, not bummy, but I'm in sweatpants, like, chilling. And you guys know I'm going to toot my own horn here again. I got a pretty good job. I'm a smart guy. Spy level, athlete level. Yeah, so this guy's like, yeah. trying to hit me up as he's like in these like flashy clothes. And I'm like, bro, you're fake in Target. Like trying to talk to me. Like, why are you talking to me yeah. in Target? So either way, like we set up a call. He's like, oh, like, I can't wait to talk to you. Text me. He's like, I got something professional run by you. It'll only take five minutes. And I'm like, what, the, what, are you, what do you have professional <laughs> run by a guy you just met? And it's only going to take five minutes. <laughs> this dude oh, texts man. me, calls me. And he's like, yeah, hey, like really good connecting with you at Target. Um, I know you probably, you know don't don't know what's going on i'm like oh well you know what's what's like what's your business model what is it he's like oh we don't like to talk about it on our first intro call i'm like oh, okay it's not real <laughs> yeah, so i'm like okay and i checked this dude out on linkedin and he's just like some consultant at this made-up fucking company part of my french <laughs> and he, he's been there for like two years and i check him out on linkedin so i'm grilling him on this first intro call i'm like hey like you know like what's your business model he's like oh well i know this guy who's helped me out like he could help you out. I'm like, help me out with what, dude? Like, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? So vague. So vague. Ends up like going to the end of the call. And he ends up texting me back like a couple of times talking about like, oh, I can't wait to set up another call with you. Spells my name wrong. If you're going to like try and pyramid scheme me, you might as well go check my LinkedIn or remember what my name I put in your phone yeah. is and spell it right. Yeah, come correct. So this guy's in the bonfire for trying to pyramid scheme me. And he has the audacity to text me this morning at 6.30 a.m. No, 6.30? 6.30 a.m. If you two text me at 6.30 a.m., shit, if mom texts me at 6.30 a.m., I'm not <laughs> responding for a day. Just I'm like, Don't ever text me at 6.30 a.m. <laughs> you text me at 6.30 a.m., hey, Connor, ER, I'm going to take your silence as you're not interested. And I, I made him wait like a whole day. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, I'm not interested in this. Uh, you might want to check my LinkedIn profile next time you try and text me. And he would see I'm suited up in my LinkedIn profile, legitimate job, full career, none of this bullshit pyramid scheme. I know a guy in Dublin that could hook you up. 
So that guy's going in the bonfire. Anybody else out there doing pyramid schemes, get out of here. You're trash. Go back to school for two more years and you'll be set. That's it. Get out of here. So did you get a lamp? We did not get a lamp. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no lamp did was you, purchased. Did you not get a lamp? Were you able to at least have a minor victory that day and talk her out of getting the lamp? Or did. did she just not see one she didn't like? And don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing was about getting a lamp. Yeah, okay. Like, she didn't see one she liked. Well, no, because she said, oh, I thought you wanted a lamp. And I said, no, I don't want a lamp. I figured out I could just use my TV screen over here to the right to, to get to my face all ready yeah. for a podcast. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, you know what they say, Target's the new coffee shop. So you kind of got to get used to, to business people uh, coming up to you in Target now, apparently. They do have a, they do have a Starbucks in, in the Target. Oh, that's true, dude. That's true. So, so does that guy just walk around and like – just find people. Just find random people and I guess them? so, dude. And the most annoying thing was I was like, Yeah, like let me know like what's so what's this business model you're telling me about? And he goes, Oh, well, like we don't like to discuss it. Let's grab coffee so we can build some trust first and then talk about the business that's model. That's just that's just not you know, no, I'm, right. I'm like, <laughs> no. like, if your business model is that great, why the hell do I need coffee to go along with it? Just tell me your business right. model. I'm a smart dude. Check out my LinkedIn. I'll take your business from here to there. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. I'm still, I'm so bad at that. That, oh, that's hilarious. Crazy. And I knew, it, like I said, from the start, I smelled it out. But I just wanted to see how good this guy was at selling. Worst, worst pyramid schemer I've ever, ever gotten sold to. Yeah, if you're gonna do that, and if you're gonna be a, a, a pyramid schemer, that, that's cool. Do you? I, uh, you know, I'm opposite of Connor here. Do you? But like, at least have your stuff in line. Yeah. You know, at least, at, at least come right. You know, come, come correct, man. Like check my link. I gave him my full name. Check my LinkedIn and spell my name right. Oh my check, God. All right. So rule number one for Connor is always check his LinkedIn before you talk to him. No yes. matter what, check his, check his LinkedIn. Rule number two, <laughs> don't talk about a pyramid scheme yeah. in Target in the lab section. Yeah. And rule number three, remember that you are inferior to his greatness <laughs> at all times. Check the LinkedIn, bro. Check the LinkedIn. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, my bonfire this week, I'll keep it short and sweet. It's COVID. I've been in isolation since last Wednesday. I haven't left my room in a while besides like, you know, go to the kitchen, make some food. But so I got to learn, you know, know these walls pretty well the last couple of days. Uh, I get out Thursday. So I'm excited for that. But COVID's in the bonfire. And also because COVID attacks my friends and some of them are sick. So that's just ridiculous. So how dare they? I'm coming for COVID. Ridiculous. Can't believe it. So they're going in the bonfire, hopefully forever to die so that COVID can leave. I like it. Yeah, man. All right, Sean, what's your bachelor fade? All right. So I'm going out on a limb here. That's the point of the bachelor. Love it. Love it already. That's the point, um, Glocksmiths, of the bachelor fade. (laughs) Um, This year, the March Madness tournament is going to have the lowest rated game, champion finals game since 1975 which the other three were when villanova won it i think that was the lowest rated game and then when kemba and yukon won it and i forget the third one but this is going to be the worst and then i went down the rabbit hole can you guys tell me the top five teams in the country right now yeah Yeah, people yeah yeah i wait all right. Can you tell me the top yeah. five? Gonzaga. Like, you? Yeah, Gonzaga's number one. You want an order? Gonzaga. That's okay. Gonzaga's okay. That's expected. They're they're there every year. Gonzaga. Next four. Baylor. Yeah. That's the only two I know. Gonzaga, I don't know Baylor. three. I'm pretty oh, sure I know Michigan, three. Ohio State. I was going to say Michigan. 
it's Ohio Michigan, State's Ohio four. State. Yeah, Ohio State's yes. four, Michigan's three, and I don't know five. five. Illinois. Yeah, dude. Whoa, Big Ten represent. Dude, Illinois like, is nasty this year. Kofi Cockburn or Kofi Coburn, I forget what his name is. Like, He's nasty. Like, who, really? Did you see – like, look at the top 25. There's no Duke. There's no uh, UNC. Kansas. No Kansas. No Kansas. I didn't even see Kentucky, I, mean, I don't think, when I looked. No, they they're not in it. Yeah, they're not in it. No, they're like, not. Dude, like, what? Like, yeah, it's going to be the, it's gonna be the lowest rated – no, I'm with you. I agree. Especially this year because, like, half the, half the teams of the country haven't even played, like, a full slate of games. Yeah. So, like, nobody has any exposure to basketball this year, college basketball. Um, I mean, I'm still excited for the tournament, and I think those first – the first weekend is still going to be absolutely insane, as it always is. But I think you're right because once you get down and there's really not, like, any crazy players or crazy teams, people just kind of lose interest in, like, the finals, you know. So, I'm with you yeah, on that, yeah. honestly. I, I uh, Two things on that. One – Sean thought you were a Ohio State fan. Thought you'd be more excited. I, I I didn't even know they were four. Shame on me. <laughs> like I just I'm not paying attention to college hoops this year whatsoever. It's it's tough, man. Like college hoops are made really fun. College sports in general with the fans make it that much better. Exactly. So I think they're just missing out a huge momentum piece of that. The other thing I want to add is is like going off your two points. I could I don't name I couldn't name a single player in college hoops right now other than Luca Garza yeah. only because A Smith, the Glock Smith sends a daily message in our group chat about how much he hates that guy. Yeah, he sucks. I'm with A. Smith. He sucks. He's not so going to be the only reason I know him. Yeah, no. I don't know anybody else. But, uh, all right, speaking of – I do know one player, though, and this is the – this is for all my friends back home that we always hoop up at the field house with. Michi Johnson, he plays at Ohio State. He's a freshman. He went to Garfield Heights. He dropped 50 on my high school, Benedictine. Yes. Um, but back when Michi was, like, in fifth, sixth grade, and we would go up to the field house, me, me and my friends. We would play him at the field house and just pick up games. And there's one time my friend, uh, Chris Nicely, we were playing him, and he was talking so much shit to Michi Johnson. And Michi's like, one day I'm going to be in the NBA. And this is when Michi was like five foot three. So we all kind of like laughed at him. And now he's, you know, he's playing Division One at Ohio State. So shout out Michi Johnson for that. Good for him. You should, told a, you, you should have told a story there where you crossed him up and just – all right, I'm not so gonna lie, dude. I'm not. Oh, no, why not? I'm not that kind of hooper, though. I'm a. I'm. I'm a. I'm Draymond Green. That's what I am. I'm. Uh, I don't know. I'm Pat Bev. I'm Pat Bev. I'm Pat um, I was gonna say PJ Tucker with less of a three point shot. PJ Tucker, but like all my abilities are just a lot, lot less than him. You're like a, you're like a key to key player. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm maybe cool not P- PJ Tucker's like corner to corner. But you, I mean, you're a specialist. You're a specialist. Yeah. That's why I'm like Pat Bev, dude. Like my, my best abilities are like I'm just gritty. I just I chirp, you know. The grit. I like yeah. it. I'm all I'm all about the grit, dude. So no, I did not cross him up. If anything, he probably crossed me up when he was ten, because that dude's nasty. So I'm not surprised at all. But wait, dude, I did I ever play him up at the field house? I don't know. I mean, it was right around the same time we would always go up and hoop. So I don't know if you actually played That's him. Wild. Because he was good. I mean, he was short. But he was good. Like when he was in like sixth, seventh grade, when we would play him, he he was good. Yeah, I'm sure he remembers playing C Hop. I'm sure he knows. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. I'm sure, he remembers playing the, the yeah, Chow Scout. Dude, every every time me <laughs> kind of go up there, my friends, we'd run it. We'd run that field house. But all right, no, back to what we were talking about though. You're right. I think the ratings for this year's March Madness gonna be pretty low. Um, but regardless, I'm pumped because it's a lot of fun to watch. Connor, what's your back shoulder fade? Back shoulder fade this week is a partial bonfire. Okay. Mainly because of ESPN. Bond, no, uh, I'll get to bond that in a second. Fade. Bond shoulder fade. 
OBJ is not getting traded from the Browns, and he will yeah. be the comeback player of the year next year in the NFL. Oh, so, okay. I think Solid. he will have a c- career year with the Cleveland Browns. ESPN is so bored right now, and I don't know why, because they have so much NBA to talk about and MLB they're not talking about, and they're deciding to hang on this. Let's create a 10-minute segment every day about how OBJ is going to get traded to the best team in the league, which is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's not – the OBJ – these idiots that go on ESPN and get paid to talk about stupid shit in the sports world mm. don't understand that OBJ is not going anywhere. He's no. locked up through 2023. He's going to fit perfectly in the offense once, once things are back in action. Because what, what people don't understand is the Browns offense for the first six weeks until they played Cincinnati in that seventh week, that was all they had together. So you're telling me that the Browns are going to look to trade an all-pro talent because of, of Baker playing better without him, but it wasn't a case of him playing better without him. It was more of a case of the Browns' offense and team came yeah. together finally. So if you add OBJ to that offense and how well Baker Mayfield played second half of the year, you're, you're telling me the Browns are just going to get rid of that? Yeah. Come on. Like, these guys at ESPN – Get out of here. It's so obnoxious. OBJ's not going anywhere. Yeah, and it, also the Tampa rumor itself is what confuses me also. Chris Godwin's a free agent this year, which I think they can franchise tag him. But if they let Godwin walk, why are they just going to go get OBJ, who's worth a lot more money currently? It, it just doesn't make any sense. No, none of it, it makes, makes no sense. sense. ESPN's just bored, and they're filling up stupid-ass stories. I'm going to also throw additional bonfire. Rob Nikovich, Jeff Saturday – and Marcus Spears, the Tuesday crew on Get Up, because that's how I start my morning. I should switch over to Fox Sports. I don't know why I keep watching ESPN in the morning. But they, the, the three of them are just morons. They're like, oh, my God, I love OBJ to the Bucks. Well, no shit. You love OBJ to anywhere. Yeah. Who yeah. wouldn't? Who wouldn't? They, right, exactly. And the Bucks don't make any sense. You already got no Mike sense. Evans. No sense. They're going to re-sign either Brown or Godwin. And Scotty Miller is going to be Tom Brady's favorite target next year. I'm yeah. calling that right now. Right. Add that to the back shoulder fade. Right. OBJ is going to win comeback player of the year next year at the Browns. He's going to have – I'm going to say – I'll say I'll say 1,400 yards receiving with 15 touchdowns next year. Oh, my gosh. All right. 15 okay. touchdowns. You're here first, everybody. 12 Ooh. receiving, three rushing. Okay. All right. Damn. So, lofty expectations. I like it. He might even win offensive player of the year. Okay. All right, yeah, th- that, is, that is a back shoulder fade. Um, Bookmark I, this episode. I, w- I will say, though, about your comment about switching over Fox Sports in the morning, don't because it's Skip and Shannon, which is the worst sports talk show in world <laughs> history. I hate Skip. Dude, it just bothers me so much. Every time Skip talks, he's just like, oh, yeah, my team. I don't care who your team is, Skip. I don't care. Ah, I hate Skip Bill so much. Yeah, I know he no, gets it's... paid for people to hate him, and I fall right into his trap, but I hate him. Yeah, no, he huffs, he huffs paint before it goes on that show. I heard. <laughs> Skip is the worst, dude. But, all right, moving on to my, my uh, back shoulder fade. Uh, Southerners are soft. Um, I'll just say, before I get into uh, – and, Sean, I know you probably take a little bit of offense to that. Um, but I am I mean, not a Southerner. I live there. Eh, kind of. You're a transplant. You're a, you're a, whoa, you're a Southern whoa. transplant. He's, he's Jersey. Uh, Jersey in Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, but I will say, dude, like people from the South, they go damn near their whole lives without experiencing like weather that puts hair on your chest. They, like you, 
people in Texas, you put them in Ohio, in Cleveland, Ohio, for, for a week in January where it's 10 degrees and snowing and icy and windy, dude, they wouldn't be able to survive. Oh, my gosh. Their Facebook feeds would just be filled with just complaining about the weather. They're so soft. Yeah, you're not kidding. They actually – I've never seen it until I moved down into, like, North Carolina because when I lived in Florida, it wasn't really – you never had like there was hurricane days that was it but here they will go ahead and cancel school if like they're predicting snow like if they're like yeah it'll be anywhere from like one to like three inches they'll be like all right no school and they'd get we'd get like a lit like ice would they get like we get like a light covering like an inch in ice and i'm not kidding you i've seen it close down for up to three days for an inch of snow and you know i believe it's well, I saw a couple of comments on that, Nolan. Um, mm-hmm. I work with a lot of Texas people now, so yeah. I'm offended. The Texas <laughs> people I work with are very nice people. Uh, I'm sure they're nice people. They're Isn't not they're soft. Not okay. They've been out of power for the last two yeah, days. Yeah, no, I was going I, I, I yeah. to say yes. Texas, so Texas, I, I don't know how it all works out, but they, they were ill-prepared for this freezing storm that came mm-hmm. in. So blame their leaders, blame whoever you got to blame. Yeah. But the people of Texas – yeah, it's really not that bad compared to what we experience in Buffalo and Cleveland. Um, and uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. This storm has been pretty wild. Yeah. But to your point, even down here in Columbus, consider us Southern because we got six inches of snow over like a 12-hour period. And not a single road had salt on it. So I, I don't know <laughs> like what's going on with people more <laughs> south than the Great Lakes, but they just yeah. they don't know how to prepare for any snowstorm. Yeah. And I, and I was going to say, I was going to say it's at the end. I just wanted the shock value of saying something is soft. Um, wow. But yeah, obviously the, like this storm, you know, it, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy and they, people weren't prepared and it's like, you know, it's not something to mess with the ice and the cold. And I like the The houses down there just aren't made for like, true to, to stay warm and whatnot. And a lot of houses, I guess, don't have fireplaces I saw on Twitter or something weird. I don't know. But so Makes I'm not sense. trying to I'm not trying to be insensitive about that, but just in general, they are soft. And uh, yeah, I, I must have missed this whole storm because it was the high was 61 today. So like, oh yeah, it's if you look at a map, it's so funny. It goes right through the middle of the states through Texas, and then both coasts are just normal. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it hit, it hit Louisiana a little bit, and my friend goes down to LSU, and he said, um, they don't have salt down in Louisiana. So all the roads are just covered in ice and they don't have salt to get rid of it. So they just have to wait for the sun to come out for it to melt. So it's crazy. I, it's, it's, it, it's why it's so weird. It's something that we all just grew up with. Just like, yeah, man, December through March, get ready to be in your snow beach 24 seven people that just grew up like six hours away from us have no idea what to do when it's snowing we, a little bit. We should just start hoarding salt deposits for the next major winter storm. And then when cities like Austin and Louisiana yeah. and make a profit, just sell it to them and be like, yeah, this is for a good cause. Like I saw it's a good idea. Uh, what's it called? Yeah. My, my friend told me about a video he saw where they, even if they have salt, they don't know like how to use it. So I guess this one lady picked up some salt and like threw it at her car. They didn't just put her car and thought that would like do something. So it's just I don't know. Man. Speaking of that, I saw another video where someone was using a spatula to sweep their windshield. Away. <laughs> they use like an oven. They don't mitt. have. Yeah, they don't have the snow. Uh, whatever they're called, like that. The, 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 the ice brushes. Yeah, the ice brushes. Yeah. yeah. And so they're using a spatula, and the the funniest part about the video was they were using the spatula, and before they started, like they showed the the spatula on video, and then started scraping off the ice. 
before they started scraping it off, there was like hamburger grease and stuff. All over the <laughs> like they just got done whipping up oh. some food and they just started using it. I was cracking up. Oh my gosh, that is absolutely disgusting. Hey guys, just wanted to take another chance and opportunity here to thank our sponsor for Yardback Podcast and now YouTube shows as well. Um, thanks again to Far One Solutions, specifically their Ear One product. So for you that are, are listening on the podcast, go ahead, find us on YouTube because I am actually showing you the product this week. Now remember, this product um, is huge for, for the, the time we're in right now. Um, it's actually a piece that connects to your mask, your face mask, because obviously we all have to wear them because of COVID. It connects to your face mask and connects to your ear more comfortably. Now you might think, well, why do I need something for my face mask when it already hangs around the back of my ear? Well, let me tell you from personal experience, that string can get very irritating and very annoying and also is a pain in the butt for earrings, hats, haircuts, all of the above. So what this piece of equipment does is hooks onto your mask, um, fits very comfortably in your ear, as I'm showing you now live on our YouTube. Check it out. Check it out. Fits perfectly into the ear, nice and comfortable. I got a fresh cut this weekend. As you can see, my, my barber lined me up. Don't mind my bald patch up top. But what it does is it allows the barber to shave all around your ear, get you a nice, nice clean cut, very comfortable. You can wear these for hours. Um, healthcare workers, other jobs where you need them in all the time for, for mask wearing. Highly suggest this product, the Ear One by Far One Solutions. Like I said, it's one of a kind. For a limited time offer through the end of February, you can actually go onto their website, faronesolutions.com. Use the promo code YARDBACK space SPORTS and you get 10% off of every order you make between now and the end of February. So go ahead, check out their website, Far One Solutions. Use promo code YARDBACK, one word, all lowercase, space, sports, all lowercase, and you get 10% off of every single order between now and February 28th. One more time, that is Far One Solutions. Check out their socials. Uh, big fans of the show, big fans of their product. Check them out. Thanks again for the, for the sponsor. Um, and in one of a kind, awesome product, the Ear One. All right. And thank you again to our sponsor, Far One Solutions, with their Ear One product. The promotion is ending soon, the end of February, correct, Connor? Mr. That is correct. Take advantage of it now. Yes, take advantage end of February to get your nice Ear One products. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, you show you saw Connor show them off. Great product, great value. So make sure you check them out. Far one solutions. Okay. Something we haven't talked about in a while. Because uh, the NFL, the playoffs, finally on with that, they were dominating the headlines. The NBA, the no Bigfoots allowed. I'm just kidding. National Basketball Association. So one thing I want to talk about today, first thing I want to bring up, the Utah Jazz currently sit as the number one seed in the West and the best team in the NBA record-wise. They're 23-5. and five. They've won eight games in a row and 19 of 20. Are they, are they favorites to win the title? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and also knowing with those stats, I believe they're also they've covered the spread eighteen out of the last twenty games as well. See, so they are the hottest team in the league by yeah. every stretch of the definition. Good teams win, great teams cover. Yes. But uh yeah, I this this is the hottest topic around basketball right now, man. I don't know. I mean look. I got some stats for you guys. So they have the best point differential in the NBA right now at 9.4. Now that'll probably go down as the season wears on, but nine point differential, that is very good. 
Again, they're 23 and 5, 119 in the last 20. The most impressive thing, they have six guys averaging double figures. That is not easy to do. They got Donovan Mitchell, who's the star, 24 a game. Jordan Clarkson, probably going to be sixth man of the year at 18. Uh, Con- Michael Conley at 16. Boyag Bogdanovich at 15. Gobert, 13. And Joe Ingles, 11. Now, that is a well-balanced squad. That is. Can I get Boyan back in fantasy? No. Did you, You're the one that dropped him? I did. I, sna- I snagged him so quick, dude. <laughs> I haven't lost a game since I picked up Bogdanovich. <laughs> I know, dude. Like three-game winning streak since I dropped Boyan. Hell yeah, dude. Got to be smart. Um, but the crazy, they, they really go eight deep. Because I just named seven players. Or how many did I name? One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. But they go eight deep because their next guy is Roy- – whoa, voice crack. Royce, Royce O'Neal, who's averaging seven a game. Then Derek Favors averaging six. Again, they, they seem to be one of the deepest teams in the NBA. Well, but does it matter when they go up against LeBron, Kawhi, all those kind of dudes in the playoffs? <laughs> no. I'm, I'm looking now, and as it would be the one and eight, like they would have to go against the Warriors. Yeah. Like uh, and if the if the Ma- if the Mavericks slip into eight, like like they might. Then they got Luca and Kristaps yeah. to deal with. I mean, nah, yeah. I, I nah. Yeah, the 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 West is pretty wild this year. It all comes down to Nolan. I think you're going to bring this up, so I might steal your thunder. That's what I'll, I'll lead into it for you. It all comes down to coaching. Mm-hmm. When the playoffs hit, it comes down to coaching, which is why the Milwaukee Bucks. Haven't done anything in the playoffs. So I'll let you lead into what's, what you think the Jazz really are. I, I think they're a great story. I'm rooting for them. Um, they've, they've always been a franchise that's been near the top. Mm-hmm. But can never get over that hump. Yep. Yeah, with you know, uh, Stockton and Malone, losing to the Bulls all that time in the 90s. So I'm happy for them. But I think we've seen this story play out. So go ahead, Nolan. Tell me yeah. what tell me what you think they're looking like. I think they're looking like 2014-2015 Atlanta Hawks, aka the team that had four All Stars in one year. Uh, I think it was Corver Millsap. Oh my gosh, who who else was on that team? Ah, Horford. Yeah, it was. I got up. So hey. it was Corver Millsap, Jeff Teague, Horford. Yes, that team won 60 games in 2014-15 to swiftly get eliminated by LeBron and the Cavs in the playoffs. (laughs) Um, I remember regular season, everyone was hyping up that team saying, you know, this is the first starless team since when the Pistons won the finals back in uh, 04, where they didn't have a true star. And I I hate to say it because the Jazz do have a star. Donovan Mitchell is averaging 24 a game. That guy can get a bucket whenever he wants. That's something that that Hawks team didn't have. They relied purely on team basketball there was no, nobody on that team averaged more than 16 points a game, and that was Paul Millsap. Now, to be fair, the times were different even four years ago. If you look at uh, all the teams' uh, point differentials, teams were only giving up like 95 points a game and scoring like 105. Now, in today's NBA, four years later, five years later, everyone's scoring 110 a game and giving up 110 a game. So the, the, the point-per-game averages maybe overlooked it a little bit. But um, – I don't know. I, I I get big I get big Hawks vibes, especially because they're, they're probably gonna have to go through LeBron James in this year's playoffs too for the Jazz. So, you know who they remind me of? I'm looking at it now. I just wanted to make sure I had the year right. The 2017 to 2018 Raptors. 
like cool like you're good and like the year before Kawhi, like so with De- derozan lowry yeah like cool you're yeah. good but like what do you have to take you over yeah and like it's even you can even argue it's just kind of like the bucks like last year like cool like you're not going to get there because i know coaching has a lot to do with it in in the postseason but over coaching to me is like star power and i know you mentioned those names but there's other teams where they're just the nets the lakers like it you're not winning it yeah you're not even going to make it yeah i will say i'm going to take this time I'm glad you brought that up, Sean, the Bucks and coaching. And Nolan, you brought up the Hawks. Yep. <clears throat> the Bucks, the Bucks of the last two years and the Hawks of the year you brought up, and I believe the next year, they had one thing in common. And that guy named is Mike Budenholzer, the best regular oh, season yeah, coach of true. all time. I didn't think about that. And the worst postseason coach of all time. He has more talent now with the Bucks than he did those Hawks teams, and he still can't figure it out. You've got Chris Middleton, who if you look at his Chris Middleton's percentages and efficiencies, he's increased every single year, but his usage rate has gone down. The dude averages like 14 shots a game, and other players that have less efficiency than Chris Middleton average like seven to eight shots more, more a game. And the fact Mike Budenholzer doesn't change anything other than just sit there and his eyes bug out. Like, I've never seen a coach's eyes bug out on a sideline. He's got a big forehead. Big forehead, semi-mullet, but it's not a mullet, but it is a (laughs) mullet with huge eyeballs. Just scream (laughs) second-round exit every year. (laughs) Scream second-round exit. But I I feel like for for the Bucs, though, and the Budenholzer critique is completely fair. But I think it falls more on Giannis' shoulders that they can't get over the hump because he can't I shoot. Know. He can't shoot. I, no, you I, gotta be I, able to shoot, bro. I disagree with both of what both of you said. I think it it's not so much of Giannis; it's the super teams. Like you can't blame him. Like because what's going to happen is Blake Griffin's going to get bought out, and where's he going to sign? The Nets or the Lakers? Yeah. Like how is Giannis going to compete with that? No one's coming to Milwaukee. Nobody. He's the, MVP. He's, the uni- he's the two-time MVP. But when it gets to the playoffs, like you're going against, how are you going to beat LeBron and and, and Anthony Davis? Just them coaching. Two, how? No coaching. And it gets I mean, to a point where coaching is nothing in the NBA. I don't care what anybody says. When you have a team like that, Tyron Lue did nothing for the Cavs when LeBron was there. He just hung out. <laughs> he just hung out. Just if Tyron Lue didn't, if Tyron Lue wasn't there, nothing would have changed. The Cavs wouldn't have fell, uh, fallen apart. I, it gets to a point where it's like, yeah, coach, your team, the teams are so good that you don't need a coach. That's, That's fair. My I, yeah, no. I, I mean, I, it 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 becomes not coaching; it becomes managing the locker rooms and personalities. Yeah. No, for sure. It and, and I it's think, not yeah. X's and O's; it's managing team chemistry. But I I still and and I agree with your take on just the super teams. But I feel like Giannis and the way that Bucks team is constructed. Is, not that it's like built to take down these super, you know, hero teams, but like you're still the back-to-back league MVP. You you are the Greek yeah. freak, and you're what 24, 25 years old. You got an yeah. awesome sidekick in Chris Middleton, who kind of is right. Maybe, dude, maybe in the playoffs, maybe play through Middleton more because yeah. Giannis can't shoot. All you gotta do is clog the lane against him, and what's he gonna do? The Heat are are the Heat a super team? They whooped his ass last year. Yeah, yeah. and so I, you're right. I would like you're to. Right. Going back to the Middleton point, I don't, I'm sure you guys saw because it, it went like viral. Because after the game against the Suns, Giannis took that 
contested mid-range jumper, which wasn't contested because he's like almost seven foot. Yeah, so like, it wasn't like a bad shot. And Devin Booker said, oh, like we, we weren't worried. But if you look at that replay, you can tell all along, whatever happened in the huddle, Mike Budenholzer said, oh, Giannis, take the shot. <laughs> and then you have yeah. on that play, Giannis is a pretty good passer. He's yeah. good. He's above average. Yeah. Giannis gets that ball. Everybody on the Suns runs to him knowing he's going to take it because the whole rhetoric and narrative around Giannis is he's not going to make a jump shot. He's not going to hit the game winner. So Giannis, knowing that he has all this pressure on him, being the MVP back-to-back and hasn't performed in the playoffs, goes ahead and takes that shot. If you watch that replay, wide open in the corner is my boy Chris Middleton. He is standing there like this. If you're watching YouTube right now, I'm in my perfect three-point stance, and he's in the corner (laughs) – his defender leaves him completely in the corner. So my thing is, if you're Mike Budenholzer and teams aren't even concerned about Chris Middleton getting the game-winning shot when you're that's shooting good, 40, 50, yeah. 90 from the field, from the free-throw line and from the three-point line, that's on the coach. That's 100% on the coach. Because if you have mm-hmm. Giannis, who you know is going to demand that attention, and you have one of the best shooters and all-around scorers in the league in Chris Middleton, and he only averages 14 shots a game, and he shoots over 50% from the field, that, that is – Above and beyond the coach having a lack of a, of any know-how or ability to run a team. It's, it, that's like the biggest – I don't want to hate the Bucs, but I hate the Bucs because they continue to let Mike Budenholzer coach that team, Yeah, and they're not going to get anywhere with him. Dude, I mean, I, I like that point, though, that maybe they should – you know, Giannis should defer to his teammates more throughout, like, in big moments. I mean, but wasn't that the knock on LeBron? I'm saying LeBron gets, century? LeBron gets like uh, slandered all the time for that because he's too passive and because he, he passes off game winning shots and like big tying shots. Well, that's just the right play sometimes. And you're, I, right. I didn't see, I didn't see that replay, but I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Sometimes, like, honest, dude, like maybe put that pride down aside because you could win some games if Middleton made you touch the rock more. Exactly. Yeah, I just I don't know. I think that these super teams, when it gets to a point, and you bring up a good point against the Heat, that's all coaching. Like that's yeah. All well, Spolstra, Eric Spolstra is awesome. As far as like when you go up against like the Lakers, like I don't care if you're the eighth, seventh, sixth seed, you can have the best coach in the universe. You're you're not gonna win. Yeah, yeah. No, you I know? agree. I agree. So like it's tough for for Giannis. He might be he might be more of a Robin than a Batman. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and again, I agree. But like. I'm just trying to think. Has he lost to like a super team in the playoffs? Like who they lose to two years ago? It was Boston. Raptors. It was Boston, or is it Toronto? Oh, yeah, Raptors. Toronto. Or dude, I couldn't tell you. Um, yeah, we need our uh, checker. Oh, no, it was it was uh, it was Boston, I believe. Uh, here, let me go look. That was what 2018 uh, NBA playoffs. 2019. Because this you was guys, uh, you guys listening. Who is it? Go yell it. Yell it out loud to us. Yeah, what was that? But I want I want to I want to talk about the point that Sean I think you just made. He might be a better Robin, Giannis. Yeah, and that goes back to the Jazz. Is I don't I don't know yeah. if Donovan is a Batman or a Robin. They so lost I don't to, think I got the answer. Go ahead, no. Toronto Eastern Conference Finals. So I mean Kawhi, yeah, but it wasn't really the Raptors team wasn't really a super team. They sure. won the finals though. Yeah, but okay, but well, yeah, to Sean's point, they weren't a super team. Yeah, they were yeah. a better team. That had better coaching, yeah, better game plans. Mike Budenholzer, you're trash. I hope you listen to this podcast. But I want to just touch – before we move on, I want to touch on the Robin point. I don't think – I think Giannis is he's, – he's not so much 
He's if you think about Giannis in terms of great players we've seen in the past, he's more in that Shaquille O'Neal realm where he can dominate a game for forty minutes, mm-hmm. but he needs that partner in crime to be the closer, and yeah. he has that in Chris Middleton, which why it makes no sense that they have yet to win a playoff series that matters because you have a guy that is extremely efficient from the field. It's not like Chris Middleton's a small six three six four point guard. Chris Middleton is six eight, lanky as hell with a yeah. strap. And you're telling me you can't draw up a play to get this dude the freaking ball when it comes to clutch time? Because Giannis can carry you first three quarters of the game. Yeah, but yeah. come fourth quarter, give the ball to Chris Middleton. Let him work. Yeah, exactly. But once again, I'm, I'm dropping this on Budenholzer. The dude is soft. The dude is trash. Half mullet, buggy eye, bald head. Don't like him. He should be out of the league and not have a job. Yeah. Well, okay. All right. That, that's, that's, that's a pretty – that should be your bachelor fate. But um, <laughs> <laughs> the Bucs are one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. But when it comes down to who's taking the last shot, it's an awful three-point shooter. So, like, it, it is it's, – it's just strange. I hope they figure it out because Giannis is a really – oh, also what I was going to say was maybe we're going to see kind of like a little LeBron situation uh, happen to Giannis. He just signed a five-year deal. Maybe when that's up, he's like, yeah, I'm going to go to Miami. I'm going to go to L.A. now. Like, I, I, you know, I was with this small market team that, uh, you know, just didn't pan out well. So, maybe Giannis is on the same kind of track. I yeah, feel it. Could be. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Speaking of all these superstars and these super teams, I want to get your thoughts, guys' thoughts on the potential NBA All-Star game, which currently is slated for March 7th in Atlanta. There's been a lot of pushback, notably from LeBron, actually, about uh, not even having a game just because of COVID uh, precautions and whatnot. Do you guys think there should be an All-Star game this year? Yes, but no. There shouldn't be an All-Star game. <laughs> there should be There should be an All-Star <laughs> Um, like event, like a weekend. And I for credit to whoever said it. I don't remember who said it, but credit to them. Um, like, let me like bring Andre Drummond, JaVale McGee, have that, let them do the three point contest. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean, like make it fun, do something different, do something out of the box. Don't have the traditional game, do everything else like a three point contest and all that stuff. And I would vote for the all stars, but leave it up. Um, to the players on who wants to go. Yeah. Like LeBron should be an all-star and not be required to go if he doesn't want to, but someone like, you know, Colin Sexton, not an all-star, but if he wants to go, he can go. Something yeah. like that. I, I like that. I, I don't think there should be an all-star game. Um, but if they're going to do one, which I think they will, TNT's invested a lot into it. I, I think they do something like what Sean said. If those guys want to opt out, it's going to hurt the revenue and, and hurt the overall atmosphere. But if you've got guys that want to opt out because they just came off of a bubble season less than two and a half months ago, yeah, let them opt out and just get the next vote getter in. Um, it's, it's a weird year. It doesn't matter. Like if you still want to have games and, and have it going on, have it go on. But at the end of the day, it's, I don't, it's an all-star weekend. No one gives a shit. You can't have fans. It's what it's made yep. for is to like have like that weekend, have the fans come to the city, bring some revenue. So to Sean's point, let those guys opt out if they don't want to be in it and you just get the next top vote getters in it. Cause that's yeah. the only way a Cavs player is going to make it because the Cavs yeah, are trash. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I think they should do it by tying in like fun events. Like instead of like the three point contest, like have Andre Drummond, Dwight Howard, um, and a couple other, like the lowest free throw shooters in the game. Have them do it. That's not a 10. I don't know. Oh, maybe just, free, yeah. free throws. But I, just, it'll be something funny. I don't know. Just do something different. I'd rather know, just, play 
Call of Duty on like one sensitivity than watch those guys shoot three pointers. <laughs> Dude, uh, I, I, I don't free think they- throws. I'd be okay with that because I'm like, you guys are being paid how many million dollars a year and you can't hit a free throw still. Like, come I on. think a three point contest with them would be fun. I it's would definitely watch a, a full a full court shootout. Really? Yeah. Full court shootout. Well, I'm just saying with anybody, and I'm just saying with like Drummond or just with anybody. I think that. Do you cool. remember the the one challenge they did with like the teams where they have yes. a WNBA, oh. a retired person, yeah. and someone that's normal? Those half court shots are electric. Dude, but I don't yeah. know if I could sit there and watch a whole full court challenge happen. All right, that's true. But uh, I'm saying I don't think there should be a game because Connor, you you mentioned it. There's no fans. You know, yeah. it's, what incentive for the players is there going to be if they're playing an all-star game and there's no fans, no one's going crazy. Like, like the coolest part is that like, it's like the little like, interactions between the players and like LeBron yeah. and Kobe, Kobe's last year, rest in peace, when they were sizing each other up and the whole crowd was on their feet and everyone's going crazy. Yeah. That, yeah. That, no one cares about the all-star game, but that was an awesome moment. There's no fans this year. Like, I don't I, yeah, even it, it, the, it brings down the entertainment value so much for me watching on the TV. Even the entertainment value to when it was Dion Waiters and Tim Hardaway Jr. Just going back, that, to back and yeah. they were going back to back with the threes. Yeah, that was you know. So if you know, I agree. I guess my final decision is no, they shouldn't have it. Yeah, but if they are to do it, no to the actual game. Just do some, but stuff. do something else and don't yeah, make sure. anyone go. Um. Yeah. No, I agree. And, uh, but also, I think th- this week, there's been there's a couple games that are postponed because of COVID. So, again, if I'm a player, why am I even – you know, obviously, they're going to have very strict pr- uh, testing protocols and whatnot. So, it's not like the NBA is going to fumble the bag there. But, like, why even risk it? Like, give me the week off. Who cares? Right. We're in COVID. Yeah. We'll have an all-star game next, next year. And it'll probably be better because people are going to be excited to go to it. Yeah. It's it, – you know, it, it sucks that it comes down to this. But it's a society we live in. And because TNT and Turner Sports Network has already signed a contract with the NBA to make this happen, yeah. it's most likely going to happen in some form or fashion. Yeah. Um, and it's unfortunate for both parties that they, they thought COVID would be eradicated at this point. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's on them. I don't think one year is going to absolutely kill your entire network and program, but it comes down to the, to, to the bottom lines of, well, you guys signed us up for this much revenue with this contract, so we yep. have to have an all-star game. And the yep. NBA gets handcuffed. Yep, it sucks, but hey, it is what it is. But all right, well, I want to be- did you oh. did you send the NBA my highlight tape? Oh, dude, I forgot. You didn't? No. Okay. Did. I'll send it to you next week. I, I actually uh, – uh, Pat Riley called me. He's like, yo, who's that co-host here that's really good at sports? Did he? Wow. Yeah, I'm like, yo, that's Sean Quigley. He's super good. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. oh. All right. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Um, but I'm going to put you guys on the spot real quick. MVP picks. Connor, you talked about Jokic and Embiid couple weeks ago how it's awesome for the nba that they're bringing the big men back and that they're in the mvp talk but i want to get your picks right now and this is i'm officially calling it this is the official yard bag mvp pick so these are locked in so you don't get a lot of time to think that sucks deal with it who's your guys mvp pick this year um if you want me to go first because obviously i just put you guys on the spot i'll do that no i'll go first I- i'm right. gonna go with joel Embiid. okay i'm gonna go with Embiid. i like that i like that Oh, dude, this is so tough. I have uh, – if you're going, like, best best player on best team, you got to think LeBron 
or even Donovan Mitchell at this point, but Donovan Mitchell's not win MVP. Mm-mm. LeBron, I think, is an overshot narrative. People want to give him an MVP because he hasn't won one in a while, even though he could win one every year. Yep. Nikolai Jokic, I think, is the best player in the NBA right now. And if we're going dark horse, or the person I think deserves MVP based on what they contribute to their team, James Harden. Damn. Okay. Since okay. he stepped onto the scene with the Nets, he has stepped up in every aspect of the world. And he's even said it. He said, you know how hard it was playing for the Houston Rockets, having to do everything for a number of years? Yeah. Now he can step onto the Nets, average a triple-double, lead the team in assists, lead in damn near rebounds, and just be the most valuable player for that team. That's what he's doing. He knows yeah. Kyrie and KD can get whatever they want, but he also knows there's a big hole in that defense. And there's a big hole in terms of someone being that man every single night. You, if you look at the box score of the Nets, you'll see Kyrie and KD over 30 points. And then you'll see James Harden with 20 to 25, 13 rebounds, 13 assists. Yeah. If I had to give out an MVP, the reason the Nets have turned it around and played as well as they have at championship levels and have been an awesome bet to cover, especially the other night against the Warriors, I'm going James Harden. I, I think he's – Turn that team around. He knows what they need on a night-in, night-out basis. Um, I think LeBron's going to end up winning because of narrative. I think Jokic probably deserves it the most. But I think James Harden is the real MVP. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, I'm going to go. So I, I agree with the Jokic take. Cause I think he is the best player by far. I think he dropped like 40 again tonight, something crazy. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing is, team success factors into it. And Nuggets yep. currently sit at in the seventh seed at 15 and 11. Now, if he if if the Nuggets get up to top four seed, top three in the West, and Jokic keeps playing like this, then yeah, I I think he'll win it. But um, I'm gonna go my safe pick, who I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be Embiid. I think the narrative supports LeBron about like giving it to him for you know maybe one last time. But also, this would be Embiid's first time, and this is clearly he's averaging 29 a game. Uh, he's actually going off, and the Sixers are uh, are are arguably the team to beat this year in the East or the one seed. But my dark horse pick, I'm going Steph Curry. Dude's averaging 30 a game right now, almost six assists. Uh, he's a unanimous MVP back in 2016. Uh, first, first unanimous MVP to ever blow a 3-1 lead in the finals. Uh, didn't have to look that up. Didn't off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> so, Steph Curry, watch out for him because he's been balling, dude. He's been yeah. absolutely balling out there in, in, uh, in San Francisco now. All right. That's a, so, what was it? It was Curry – LeBron. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll lock in Curry. Just I'll lock in Curry. All right, Embiid, Curry, LeBron. Yeah. All right. Cool. Or did he say Harden? Was it Harden, Connor, or LeBron? Who's your final? I mean, if we're going like the voters, I think the voters take LeBron. Yeah. I think Jokic, Jokic is best player uh, for his team. Harden is the most valuable to his team. Yep. Yeah, and again, yeah, I, I agree with Connor. That Steph, this Steph Curry pick is just my. My thoughts, you know, but obviously yeah. Steph's probably not going to MVP this year. Um, any other thoughts on uh, the NBA season, guys, before we get into our uh, first ever yard back top five? No. All right, I'm just, cool. I'm just excited uh, about the NBA season, kind of ramping up. My fantasy team um, doing okay. My team's name is the Cavs Big Three. My Cavs Big Three is slowly turning on its head, and they stink. Um, and then also – Turning up, baby. Actual to fade, late edition, ESPN Fantasy Sports. They said OG Ananobi was going to be out indefinitely through Tuesday's game. Just check the Fantasy app 
he currently has 25 fantasy points through the third quarter. So wow. ESPN, suck it. Please get your fantasy app on a better track. I can't believe I watch your your channel so much. Uh, I can't wait to get Yard back. Yard back. It, I hate, hate it, but all I do is watch it. So I hate myself for it. Mm. So Connor hates ESPN and Pyramid Scheme, guys. So that's good to know. Never never bring that up to him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, speaking about that, Thonmaker's Thon Revenge Tour, that's my team name. Started off one and four, one three in a row, currently beating the best team in the league. So <laughs> Thonmaker is absolutely getting oh, revenge in the last couple <laughs> All right, okay. Finally, we've been talking about this segment for a while now. We got the Yardback Top 10, really the Yardback Top 5, but Yardback Top 10. So, Connor, start this list. Let's go. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> for all you listeners out there, you might be wondering, why is Yardback doing a Top 10? First off, because ESPN does a Top 10. And we think we're above ESPN's Top 10. Because if you've ever seen their Top 10 lately, it's trash. It's hot garbage. It's trash. It's not worth watching. I hate that I watch it every day because it makes me more upset than I was before it. Back in the day when Noel and I were young bulls, we watched it and we were like, oh, that was sick. <laughs> and nowadays we watch it, at least I watch it, and I go, I just wasted three minutes of my life. Uh, and, and to Nolan's point, um, this isn't a legitimate top 10. It's just a top five, but we're calling it Yardback Top 10 to steal some of ESPN's Top 10 Thunder. <laughs> so for this week's Yardback Top 10 segment, I pulled together the top five Super Bowl winners and their power rankings since the year 2000. Okay. So in this list, I power ranked them. I didn't, I didn't include certain metrics, how many wins they had, all that. Specifically, I test power rank these teams and how they would compete against the rest of the winners yep. since 2000. Yeah. Okay, so is that, is that, does that make sense yep. to you too? Uh, kind of before you start, uh, we will do this, the Yardback Top 10 segment. Only one person is going to give a list, and it's going to be on a topic that we will discuss beforehand, but we don't know his list. We don't know what the teams he has on it. We don't know what he's going to say, so we're also going in blind to this. So only one person is going to give a Yardback Top 10 whenever we do this. So just to throw those ground rules out there. So Sean and I are going in blind. We have no idea what kind of tomfoolery this man is about to speak. <laughs> yeah, right, top 10. So part of my yard back top five, top 10 list, I would like to throw an honorable mention out there before we start. Because as we all know, since the year 2000, the New England Patriots have won what? Six Super Bowls? Yep. And going through all these lists – Yep, I so. looked at every every single New England Super Bowl, New England team to win a Super Bowl, and I thought, do they crack the top five? And I was like, eh. do they crack the top five? Eh. So I decided to give them all honorable mention because every single New England team just seems the same to me. No, I agree. I was talking about that with Sean before we came on, actually. That like they're kind <laughs> of just they were great teams, obviously, but like great teams. The only one that sticks out to me is the team that lost. The one with Randy Moss. Yep. <laughs> Which yeah. is probably the best team they had. <laughs> probably the best team in the history of the 2000s. But because they lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl, they don't make my power ranking team. So at starting at number five, we have the 2010, 2010, for those of you who don't speak in the 2010 language, Green Bay Packers. 
That's five. Destiny number five. Five. Now, five. now you might be you might be curious Boy. why they're at number five. Five. As we know, Aaron Rodgers just stepped into his prime at this time. They actually had the. I, I'm looking it up now, but they had the second ranked defense that year. Okay. They had Greg Jennings. They had Mike McCarthy as their head coach. They were a top five scoring team, but I have them at number five because Aaron Rodgers was not yet in his prime. But they were nonetheless a great team with some great wins that season. So I have them at number five in my power rankings. Do you guys think I was going to have – by your reaction, I'd say you guys thought I was going to have them earlier in this? No, I, I, I thought they'd be higher up. I thought they'd be higher. Okay. I did, I, you know, I wrote down what I thought, and I'm, I'm, they are in my top five, uh, but we have very opposite ends. So continue. Okay. For reference, the the art, a couple articles I was referencing, there's been 55 Super Bowl winners, right, or 54? Mm-hmm. 54, 55. Who cares? It's, it's 55 a large was number. Yeah, <laughs> I was this year. A lot of people had them ranked in the bottom 10 of Super Bowl winners and I don't understand why the their their defense all year granted they finished 10 and 6 and they're a wild card team their defense was second in the NFL yeah so I don't with Aaron Rodgers my quarterback defense second in the NFL and you got guys like Greg Jennings on the outside uh yeah they're they're top five power ranking NFL team to win the Super Bowl all right okay at number four I have the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs. Ooh. You got Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid for a Super Bowl win. That defense, which is very underrated with guys like Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, they were a bend, don't break. You're not going to see very strong numbers for their, their year performance. But they got to the playoffs, and we know what happened. Yep. They came back from every game down by more than mm-hmm. 10 points. You got Patrick Mahomes and that offense flying high. And the team they beat in the Super Bowl, the Niners, is also another huge reason why they made the top five. Similar to the Green Bay Packers that I had at, I had at five, they beat the Steelers. So two great defensive teams that had an identity and was no easy feat beating them in the Super Bowl. So I got the Kansas City Chiefs from 2019 at number four in my power okay. ranking list. I don't, I don't got an issue with that. Okay, good, good. I, I had them as high as two, but because of recency bias and what happened this year, I couldn't put them that high. <laughs> At number three, we have the 08 Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh. The Mike Tomlin-led Pittsburgh Steelers. In 08, they went ahead and beat the Arizona Cardinals. Kurt Warner and the Cardinals had one of the best offenses I've seen in my lifetime with Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolden, and a whole heap of guys that could play the offense. Yep, yep. Now, the reason I have them at number three – is because as we all remember, the Steelers' defense in the late, you know, from 2005 to 2010, which is in 2005 they won their they won a Super Bowl. Cowherd, um, Bill Cowher. Yep. I almost said Colin Cowherd. Colin Cowherd. <laughs> Beat the Seahawks. But at number yeah, at number three, I have the Steelers because of that defense of James Harrison, Troy Palomalu, uh, and that offense, you had guys like Willie Parker, Heinz Ward, Antonio Holmes. I mean, made the catch, and dude. Ben Roethlisberger hadn't hit his prime yet, but everybody knew he was respectable OG quarterback. So I'm taking the Steelers at number three, meaning yeah. that the Steelers would have beat the Chiefs and beat the Packers that I brought into that list. Okay. And also, I would say that that Super Bowl was one of the greatest I've ever seen in my entire life. That oh, Steelers-Cardinals, absolutely Top fantastic. Notch. Absolutely Top fantastic. Notch. 
Sean, I saw you had a, a slight head head shake on that. Do you have an issue with the Steelers in my top five? Where's that? Where's that logic with uh, Big Ben and Aaron Rodgers? There, where's that consistency? Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. I just, you know, I'm just, you know, that's all. <laughs> whoa, 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 continue, whoa. continue. <laughs> I just loved Aaron Rodgers. Ben Roethlisberger had two W's before Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl. That's all I got to say. At number two, I have the Legion of Boom. Let's go. Now, some might say I, – I, let's put it this way. They, they put up 43 points to what was only eight points. Eight, yep. They yeah. gave up. And when you have a defense named like the Legion of Boom – Similar to the Bears, Monster of the Midway, the Steelers back in the day, Steel Curtain. If you have a nickname like the Legion of Boom for your defense, you're top five easy. It was just whether or not where I wanted to put them. Now, at this point in 2013, Russell Wilson was a young buck. He, he wasn't what he is today, but you put up 43 points in the Super Bowl. Yep. That running game with Marshawn Lynch was stellar. So if I'm ta- I'm taking that Seahawks defense because of how dominant they were at that time. Earl Thomas, Byron Maxwell, Richard Sherman, Bobby Wagner, Malcolm Smith. I mean, I'm probably missing three or four names that were the the cornerback number thirty one. Um, for who? The Seahawks, Legion of Boom. Uh, you got Cam Earl Chancellor. Thomas, Cam, yeah, Cam, yeah Chancellor, Cam Chancellor, yeah, safety, yeah. Those four guys. That was the best secondary I've I've ever witnessed. Yeah. It was yeah. insane, and that includes my flag football team's secondary with Zach Airy, uh, Jake Foley, and Alex Smith. For those of you who know, that was the best flag football secondary in the history of secondaries. Also, before you continue, kind of, Earl Thomas, Sherman, and Chancellor. Sherman was 25, Thomas 24, Chancellor 25. That's crazy. That they were I'm so pretty young sure they were all, yeah. all pro, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. At least, so. for sure, pro bowlers – I don't know about all pro. That's a very hard thing to get. But those three guys and then Byron Maxwell was like the, the fourth secondary yeah. stud. And you got Bobby Wagner in the middle of that defense. And you have an up-and-coming Russell Wilson with Marshawn Lynch, Tyler Lockett, um, a couple other guys on the outside. That team was so ridiculous. And unfortunately, they lost the next year on some stupid-ass call by Pete Carroll. Yeah, they should have they, they they been back-to-back, yeah. The 2013 Legion of Boom is – they're ridiculously well-rounded. And like I said, when you have a defense with that nickname, there's only a few defenses in the history of the NFL that have had a nickname like that. Yeah, facts. All right, you want to you so rounding? You want a drum roll? Yeah, give me a drum roll for number one. You ready right now? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just... <sighs> <laughs> What's going on over there, Sean? <laughs> Go ahead and say it. I do. I think you might know who I'm going to say. Yeah. But at number one, this team actually beat the number four team, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. The best Super Bowl winning team we've seen in the last 21, 20 to 21 years was the Tampa Bay Bucks in this last season. You can't tell me that there's another team I've mentioned that would knock off this team. Their defense and their offense, yes, we know they had their, their struggles throughout the year. But the fact that they knocked off the greatest offensive team that we've seen damn near ever in the Chiefs off of back-to-back with, Super Bowls. With no, with no tackles. Okay, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of 2021 and, and 2020 is the number one in my power rankings over the last – since 2000 Super Bowl winners. I actually you think name you're, a team. 
you're missing a team that I think could beat them. Is it a, is it a Patriots team? No. The 2015 Denver Broncos with Von Miller, DeMarcus oh Ware, Tlaib, Chris Harris, Manning, Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel <laughs> Sanders, TJ Ward, Bradley Roby. Bro. Like, I think, I, they, I, I'll I think admit, the 2015 had, Broncos could. If, if we were doing a top 10, yes. But they had Peyton Manning, who they lost to the, they lost to the Legion of Boom. They got thwarted by the Legion of Boom. And they beat the sorry ass Panthers because Cam Newton decided to make a career decision. Yeah. So I, I, Sean, they were they were top, they were fringe top five. But I'm sorry, the Tampa Bay Bucks with that offense and 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 Tom Brady and that defense of front seven, I'm I'm taking them to beat any team in the last 20 years and win a Super Bowl. No, I'm not I'm not mad at that at all. I'm not mad. I think personally, my I, I list. Am. My list, I think that Legion of Boom should be number one. I think that, that I think that is the greatest Super Bowl team in the last twenty years by far. No I, one is I, no one was being Legion of Boom. I put the two thousand and ten Packers because they I number had to one. Go, yes, because of what they did. All their games were on the road. They had to go through Mike Vick in Philly. They had to go through Brian Urlacher, Julius Peppers in um in Chicago, they had to go through Atlanta, where they had to go through Matt Ryan and them. Then on the uh, obviously on the road in the Super Bowl, they had to beat Troy Polamalu, James Harrison, Ben yeah. Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, Antoine Randall, L. Heinz Ward, Emmanuel Sanders. They had to beat those guys, and they did it. So those 2010 Packers were special. Whatever they were on a roll, they were. That's why. That's why they made my me. top. They made my top five, and, and that's that. They made but the, your... top, the top of Bay Bucks are beating every other team that they play. That's t- it's it's tough because the team no, let me is know really what you, good. Let me know how you real feel. That team really is feel. that team is really good. They're top five. I think you're, I think Connor's right. I think I, I think they are a top five team. The Super Bowl winners they are they are really good. I, I just think that I don't think anyone's beating that Legion of Boom with a young Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, Doug Baldwin, Golden Tate, and that defense. No one's being no one's being Legion of Boom. Yeah, correction. Tyler Lockett was probably not on that team. I, yeah, I think it was like Baldwin a year or two after. Going for. It was Baldwin yeah. and Tate. They, dude, they're, they're all like little tiny slack. Guys. They're all yeah, they're all yeah, they're the all same wide receiver. But uh, I don't know, man. The craziest thing about the Legion of Boom team, I just looked at their stats. the The most sacks anyone had on that team was like, uh, let me check right now. The most sacks anyone had was five, Bobby Wagner. <laughs> like, what defense just doesn't get to the quarterback? Because they didn't have to. They didn't that's have right. to get to the quarterback because that's how good I, the DBs were. The DBs, like, I remember watching that and just thinking, holy – like, dude, the DBs on that team, uh, I mean, Excellent. I wish Chancellor and, and Maxwell and – I mean, I think Sherman, Sherman will be a Hoffer. The other three won't be, but they should be, just because of how yeah. good that season was. Yeah. It, that's how elite and crazy that season also, was. Also, fun fact, Sherman and Chancellor are both fifth-round picks. Mm. Fifth-round picks. And Connor's number one team, Tom Brady, obviously, what, sixth, seventh, whatever Tom Brady was. Uh, so, diamonds in the rough, baby. Got to find them. Yeah, baby. That's a lesson. All right, but that was the first yard back top ten, really top five list of the year. Uh, <laughs> kind of, you want you, kind of, you to run through it again real quick? Yeah, one, one more time for the fans out there. At number five, we had the 2010 Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers and the second-best defense in the league, which is shocking even to me when I looked it up. At number four, we have the 2019 Chiefs 
probably the one of the most spectacular playoff runs we've seen with all the 10 point comebacks, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid getting his first trophy and a, a very underrated, talented bend don't break defense. At number three, we have the 08 Steelers with arguably the second best defense in the history of the Steelers, aside from the steel, the, the, was it the steel curtain, which we're yeah. too young to know. Uh, but yeah. legend has it. That was a, it was an okay defense. Um, and then number two, we have the 2013 Seahawks Legion of Boom, the best secondary ever created in the history of professional sports, yep. along with a young and up-and-coming Russell Wilson, Beast Mode Marshawn Lynch, and some amazing wide receivers. And then number one, recency bias as it will, Tampa Bay. I think this is the most well-rounded team a Super Bowl winner has ever been since the year 2000. Arguably top five all time. I know we have some greats greats you know previously but Tampa Bay this year was the most well-rounded and most confident I've been in a Super Bowl pick in in five or six years so they're number one in tops of in terms of uh top power ranked Super Bowl winners since the year 2000 all right I'm not not bad about your list at all I think one team that I would put in there would be the uh 07 Colts 0607 Peyton's first first ring against the Bears that offense was nasty Marvin Harrison uh, Reggie Wayne, so I'd, I'd, I'd put them up there as well. That's fair. I, I looked at them hard, and what the, the thing about all the AFC teams is that they had to go through the Patriots at some point. Yeah. But I thought the Colts against the Bears, they let them hang in too much. I mean, they're playing Rex Grossman. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that Bears D was awesome too, but I agree. So like I said, part of my list was about who they played. Tampa Bay playing the defending Super Bowl champs and Patrick Mahomes. Legion of Boom playing the historic Peyton Manning and Denver Broncos defense. You had the 08 Steelers playing the, maybe the best offensive teams since the since Kurt Warner was on the Rams yeah. with the Cardinals. Yeah. The Chiefs playing the 49ers, which that defensive line, I've never seen anything like it, and they yeah. still figured out a way to win. And then the Green Bay Packers playing this the Steelers. So that's that's kind of where I came from. That's why the Colts and even the Drew Brees 09 Saints did not make the list because of the teams that they played in the Super Bowl. Yep. Makes sense. sense. I like that. I like that list a lot. But all right. Sean, you got any any uh any more qualms about his list? You wanna talk about Aaron <laughs> Rodgers a little bit more? No. Yeah, yeah, let me hear nope. it. Nope, it's fine. <laughs> nope. All right, well, uh the next list we do, Sean, it'll be yours. And uh We'll be the ones flaming you guys or flaming you uh, instead of at a Connor, but won't be a need to. <laughs> It'd be a perfect list. <laughs> right, but again, that was a yard back top 10, uh, really top five though, because 10's a lot. So we do top five. Uh, any other closing thoughts, fellas? No, man. Yeah, ESPN, you're going down. Yep. Okay. Greatest top five list of all time. <laughs> yard back top five. Yeah. Uh, Stay safe, wear a mask. COVID sucks. It's still there. Um, don't end up like me and my friends that are in quarantine and have COVID. It sucks. But if you are, that means you have more time to listen to our podcast. So mm. thank you all so much for listening to episode number 21 of the Yardback Sports Podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts or music, I think it's pod- Apple Podcasts, make sure to give us the thumbs up, five stars, the whole shebang. Because again, like I say every week, we are a five-star podcast, I would like to say. Make sure to follow us on all our social medias at Yardback underscore sports at Twitter and on Twitter and Instagram. Look us up on Facebook. We have a Facebook group, Yardback Sports. We're always posting in there, having a good time, talking sports, whatnot. 
Uh, also, look us up on YouTube so you can see our pretty faces. We're three handsome guys, and uh, we look good on YouTube, and I make some cool graphics sometimes. So make sure to look us up on YouTube if you want to listen to the podcast there. But for Connor and Sean, my name is Nolan. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Retro. Retro.